beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. I'm Laura Tremaine, and I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves, and the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Friends, the day is finally here. April 4th, 4-4. I am so excited to be launching my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, into the world today. It is cause for celebration for me and hopefully for you. You know, it's so funny that book launch seasons are now so long. I feel like I announced this book to you months and months ago because I did. And we've been talking about it. We've been sharing friendship stories. You got to listen to a little sample from the audiobook. But now, today, on April 4th, 4 4, 2023, the Life Council is officially in the world. It is available to buy. It is available at your favorite bookstore. I hope it's available to download on your Kindle or download to listen to in your ears. It is a big day. And I am so excited not just to launch this book that I've been talking about for two years now, maybe it feels like. But I'm just excited because the book has already sparked some really amazing conversations. I've been on podcasts having these conversations. I've been among friends talking about this topic. And I just love what's coming up and coming out of it, which is the whole reason that I write these books is so that we will talk about 
these topics. And right now it's friendship, which I feel like is so relevant. I mean, I guess friendship is always relevant, but in this moment in history and in the world, three years after the beginning of the pandemic, in a very tumultuous time in America politically, there's just a lot going on that has affected our hearts and has affected our relationships. And so getting really earnest and talking really seriously about friendships and what they mean to us and what they bring to our lives and how we can think about them in a healthy and helpful way, this is just the exact right time for that. And so I am excited that you can buy and read or listen to The Life Council now, wherever you are. So for this episode, I wanted to just get to the roots of 10 things to tell you. And I wanted to tell you 10 things about the Life Council. Maybe you're thinking, we have done nothing but talk about the Life Council for months. I got it. But really, I wanted this episode to just have a chance for me to share a little bit behind the scenes of writing it and, you know, what's next and the messages I've already gotten from people about the book, all of these things, just going into the sort of summation of 10 things to tell you about this book, The Life Council, on release day. So we're going to jump right in because I have these 10 things and they're a little bit all over the place, but they're all relevant and they all go to this moment that we are into. I'll give you a quick reminder. If you're listening to this on release day, 4-4, this is the last day for you to claim your pre-order bonuses. These are bonuses that come when you pre-order the book, or in this case, order it on the day of release. That still counts. These are available until midnight tonight, release day. The pre-order bonuses include a private book club that I am hosting For people who pre-ordered the book, well, we will walk through the Life Council together. You'll have two options for those meetings. Along with that, the other pre-order bonus you'll get is a beautifully designed discussion guide in case you plan to use the Life Council in a group setting for your book club, which this book is perfect for, by the way. You can have this discussion guide that also will serve as journal prompts if you are reading the book just with yourself or maybe with one other friend, then you will have this discussion guide and journal prompts. And then the third and most important bonus is my private podcast series called The Secret Tapes. The Secret Tapes are 10 episodes of me in conversation with the friends that I write about in the Life Council. And these are not just casual chats with my friends. These are really deep and meaningful conversations. And I really think that you will take a lot from them. They will really enhance your reading experience. So if you want those bonuses and you're listening to this on release day, take your order number to thelifecouncilbookbonuses.com. Sign up for all of those. I think you will be glad that you did. And also, if you want a little preview of the actual book, episode 167 of this podcast is a sample of the audiobook. So you can kind of get what is in store for you with the Life Council if you listen to episode 167. It's an ad-free version of two of the sections of the book. One is called A Friendship Reckoning. One is called Five Friendship Philosophies. If you want more after you've listened to those excerpts, then you can buy the Life Council, which is out today. Did I mention? Okay. 
Here are the 10 things that I want you to know about this book. Number one, I felt ill-equipped to write this book. I felt like I was the last person on earth who should be writing a book about friendship. This is not humility speaking. This is actually a true thing that I felt for a few reasons. One is in the research that I was doing, reading about friendship, all of the other books and things that I was taking in, they seem to be written by therapists, PhDs, people who knew what they were talking about. They had studied on an intellectual and scientific level the topic of friendship, and they were imparting their knowledge to others. Some of those things were great. I was really glad I read them. They also served to make me feel like, well, I am just a person who talks on the internet. How can I write a book that even comes close to qualifying in the same realm as these other works? And that was a lot to take in because I do think that a person should have some sort of credibility when they are writing a book about a certain topic. My credibility came solely from two things. One is talking about friendship for over a decade on the internet, in my blog, back in the day when I blogged, on social media, here on this show. All of those things are what gave me the experience that I had, that I felt like I wanted to write a book on this topic, but that still didn't feel like quite enough, especially when paired with the fact that I have had my own friendship struggles over the last few years. I mean, I've had friendship struggles off and on throughout my life, as humans do, but especially in the last few years, I felt like, you know, I had really messed up a few times in my friendships, and a a lot of the struggles were my fault. They were my missteps. They were my dismissiveness or selfishness or inability sometimes to see someone else's perspective. And so that made me feel like, you know, I was so far from an expert on this topic. The reason that I plowed ahead and did it anyway is because I really care about this topic in my own life. I care about it for you and in your lives. I feel like it comes up no matter what I'm talking about. It feels like friendship comes up over and over again. This idea of loneliness, this idea of sharing our stuff in being in a crowded room and still feeling unknown and unseen. The idea of belonging. My chapter on belonging in my first book was by far and above the chapter that I got the most reaction to that people most wanted to talk about was this chapter on belonging. And that often came back to friendship and these, you know, relationships in our lives that take up so much space, but doesn't get the same kind of instruction or navigation help as other relationships like marriage and parenting. And so as much as I felt like I was ill-equipped to write a book on this topic from like a academia standpoint, from a authoritative standpoint, I just kept coming back to this idea over and over again that this was a book I needed for myself. I needed it years ago in my 20s, definitely in my lonely 30s, and for sure now in my 40s, even amidst some of these struggles that I was having, this was a book I really needed. And I didn't see anything else like it out there. And so I decided to write it, which brings me to number two of the 10 things that I'm telling you about 
the Life Council, this book has been a long time coming. So actually, here's a little bit of a secret. I had this title for this book and the idea for this book already sort of in my mind, not fully fleshed out, but already sort of rattling around in my brain and in my heart before I even wrote and published my first book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. We're going to talk in a few minutes about how those books kind of pair together. But this idea of a life council, as I write about in the book, it was brought up in a circle of internet friends. I was sitting in a literal circle like crisscross applesauce style with a bunch of friends that I have made on the internet that I had made in my blogging days. And my friend, Chris Ann, who was sitting in the circle with us, and I write about her in the book as one of my mentors, Chris Ann brought up this concept of having a life council, much like someone has a board of directors for their company that brings different strengths to the table and really helps them you know, grow their business that we could have and that we are, in fact, a life council to one another. We have different strengths, we have different energies, and that we combined as a group are a force in one another's lives. So she said this phrase, the life council, it has been rattling around in my brain forever. Not long after that, maybe a couple of years after that, when I was still a co-host on the Sorta Awesome podcast, I did an episode with Meg Teets and we called it 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. And she brought five to that episode and I brought five to that episode. Those are not the 10 that ended up in this book. Even the five that I brought to that episode are, are different than the Life Council members that show up in this book. But again, that thread of conversation and that sort of tagline, subtitle, just this very idea and concept I really latched onto. It really made a lot of sense for me in these years where I was trying to find good friends in Los Angeles, when I was feeling super lonely with a baby on my hip and a budding writing career that I was really trying to get going, but was feeling pretty lost at sea for a lot of my early 30s. These ideas of a life council and 10 friends every woman needs, they were slowly gelling together for me. Again, even before I wrote and published Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, my first book. So it did feel like it was meant to be, like it had been something that I had been ruminating on for a really long time. It wasn't just a marketing plan <laughs> that I tossed out to a publisher or something. This was something I really felt passionately about as an idea, even though it wasn't in perfect book form, which again, we'll talk about in a second, because I want to say this first before I get to some of these writing details. Number three of the things that I want to tell you about the Life Council is this book is not meant to make you feel any kind of shame. The opposite, in fact. I think that when people see this subtitle, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, or even just hear the title, The Life Council, I've gotten the feedback and I totally understand that that makes people feel a little squeamish. They think 10 friends, like I am not going to have anything, you know, to contribute to this book. This book is not going to affect me because I don't have 10 friends to put on a life council. I don't even have two friends. 
or I've been hurt by friends in the past and this book is going to make me feel sad, or I've always craved a certain type of friend that I've actually never had. And so this book is definitely not for me. I do not want anyone to think that this book is going to fill them with shame. I wrote this book knowing how many of us are lonely and how many of us don't have something that resembles a life counsel at this exact moment. I wrote this book thinking about my own seasons of loneliness, my own friendship breakups, my own missteps of the last few years. I wrote this book with all of that in mind so that when you pick it up, you will not be feeling like, oh, Laura has a million friends and it all figured out. No, that was not the perspective from which I wrote this book. I have had a lot of wonderful, beautiful people in my life, and I do write about them in this book. And still, even with that logistical circumstance, there has been loneliness and tribulation. So when you pick up this book, I want people to not immediately hold it at arm's length, even if you're reading it and thinking, oh, this is not for me. Why am I reading this? I think if you are tempted at all to read this book about friendship, that you will come to it knowing that I tried to write something that would elevate all of our relationships, all of our friendships across the whole of our life, no matter what our life looks like at this exact moment, no matter our personality type, if we're very introverted or shy or don't make friends quickly or don't keep friends for long periods of time, all of these different ways that can come for our insecurities, you know, can come for our anxieties of, are we a good friend? Do people like me? Am I worthy of being called a friend? We all have those insecurities at some point or another. And the book is written with that in mind. So I do not want you to feel like this book is going to make you feel bad about yourself or bad about whatever your situation is or make you feel shame. I really tried hard to make the opposite be true, that anyone, no matter their personality type or their situation, can take something from these thoughts, from this idea of a life counsel. So that was number three, that this book is not meant to make you feel shame. Number four, with all that said, (laughs) I struggled writing this book. I struggled writing this book. I had outlined my 10 plus life council members, meaning in the book, I do give 10 types of friends. And when I first started writing, I had even more on the table for myself. I really you know, was brainstorming who in my life have made a big difference. What type of role do I wish I had in my life that could be on a life council? Like I had a lot of post-it notes for the beginning of brainstorming this book. And even when I narrowed it down to the 10 that I was going to write about, and I had an outline as good writers do. I had an outline. I still struggled to make sense of this book. Now, I hope you don't feel that. I hope that when you read it, it flows and it feels like it just came out of me like divine intervention. I hope that's how it feels after multiple rounds of edits and months and months and months of blood, sweat, and tears over this keyboard. But the truth is, this book didn't flow out of me. This book was a little bit like pulling teeth 
because beyond the 10 life council members that I wanted to share with you, like those archetypes of life council members, I also had these other things that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about making friends on the internet. I wanted to talk about the mistakes I'd made in my last few years. I wanted to talk about the most important friendship lesson I've ever learned. I wanted to talk about what it feels like to go through a friendship breakup. Like I had all these different ideas that just felt like everything in the kitchen sink about friendship that didn't necessarily fit into this life council framework. Like these were more just general friendship topics. And I wasn't sure how to make that into a book. I didn't want it to feel like, you know, a series of blog posts. I wanted it all to go together. I wanted it to have sections that were helpful and made sense to you. And it took more work than I was expecting to make this project come together cohesively. Now to back it up a little bit with Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, my first book that had also a little bit of an unusual framework. So it had traditional chapters, but each chapter asked a question, one big life question. Then I explained the question and then I shared my answer to the question. And that was the format for every single chapter in Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, with one exception. One chapter had a little bit of a different format. And once I found that format and I knew these stories that I wanted to tell, a lot of that book did flow out of me. A lot of Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First felt like I was just meant to write it. These were stories I had been wanting to tell for a really long time. And while I definitely needed to clean them up and go through the editing process, and it was my first time writing a book and writing long form like that. So I had a lot to learn in the actual writing, but conceptually and creatively, that book did flow out of me a lot more easily than the Life Council did. And, you know, it wasn't just about putting the sections together. A little bit of why the Life Council felt like a lot of stops and starts was what I've already described. My friendships were not perfect. I worried about being framed as any sort of authority on this topic when I really wanted to be framed as a conversation starter on this topic. And those hesitations led to some self-doubt as I was writing this. Like, who am I to be writing a book about friendship? (laughs) And when you're in a self-doubt mode, it's really hard to be creative. It's really hard to do the work that you are meant to do when you are constantly questioning yourself. And so I had to do a lot of self-talk. I had to do a lot of affirmations, little rituals that I had. I had to do a lot of work on myself and a lot of trusting in the universe, trusting in what was meant to be in order to write the Life Council. And that is maybe not my preferred way to make art or to get a message out. I think I would prefer to feel confident and solid in what I am doing instead of worried about the structure and if this even makes sense and fighting self-doubt and crossing my fingers that nobody thinks I'm a phony for having friendship struggles and then writing a book about friendship. I had to fight all of those things because of number five. Number five here of things I want you to know about the Life Council is that I believe this is the right message. So the reason that I could get through last summer's string of self-doubt and tears and really needing a lot of pep talks 
for myself and from others. The reason I was able to get through that and finally put together a project that I am really proud of and that I really can't wait for you to read is because I believe deep in my bones that it is exactly the right message. I believe that we should look around at our landscape of people in our life, especially people who are already there, which is a big message of the Life Council, not to go out and make new friends from scratch. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. But to look at who is already existing in our life and who has existed in our life and realize what they are bringing to us and also what we are bringing to others, what our own strengths are, who we are on other people's life councils. And does that release a little bit of our own fear that we don't matter or that we're not the right type of friend or we're not funny enough or fun enough? We're not the type of person that brings soup over when someone's sick. We're not the type of person who remembers your birthday and your kids' birthdays and all of the things. The book talks about looking at what our strengths are and what we are bringing to relationships and what other people are bringing into our life instead of being bummed that one friend isn't very fun and one friend isn't particularly thoughtful about birthdays and such. Looking at all of these things with fresh eyes so that we can see how many good people are actually around us, so we can see the potential in friendships that haven't quite yet blossomed, and to feel gratitude for those that have. This isn't, as you'll see, a toxic positivity message, because there's a lot of things that are covered in this book that aren't super positive. But overall, I believe in this message so much of elevating the roles of people in our lives and giving friendship its due, calling out and acting in accordance with how important these relationships are in our life. That friendship is a central and core part of our life, and we don't always treat it that way. We treat it as third or fourth down the line after our marriages and our parenthood and our extended family and our job and, you know, all these other things that are, of course, also important. But friendship is one of the most important things. And we're taught to treat it like a thing that's just always there, always available to us, always easy, natural. Yeah, like friends, we have them, not much more to think about. And that is just not true. There is so much to think about in our friendships, how to be a better friend, how to notice the strengths and love languages of the friends that we have, how to work through tricky situations with friends, and yes, how to make new friends and foster a culture of healthy friendships. I feel so passionately about it. And that is why that was number five, why I think this is the right message in the right moment and why I struggled writing this book to make sure that I got that message out there. It's not every day that you find a product that you truly love and want to shout about from the rooftops. Well, friends, I have found something that I am genuinely excited to share with you today, and that is Born Shoes. 
Born shoes are made with the best top quality leather with functional stitching and flexibility. They are lightweight, but they're also supportive. They are great for all casual occasions, extremely comfortable, and especially good for travel. The brand recently gifted me a pair of the Ithaca style sandals. Of course, they are beautiful. The footbed has extra foam for added comfort and with a slight heel for lift. I am positive that I could walk all over London in this pair of shoes, just like I did in my Born sandals last summer. Born Shoes offers sandals, flats, boots, and heels in several styles and color choices. Take comfort in Born Shoes. Every season, they make high-quality shoes that feel as good as they look. With artistic touches, unparalleled craftsmanship, and exquisite materials, Born designs shoes to satisfy the demands of every lifestyle. Go to bornshoes.com for a 15% discount plus free ground shipping on all full-price shoes when you use my promo code TELL. That's born, B-O-R-N, shoes, S-H-O-E-S, com and use promo code TELL, T-E-L-L, for 15% off and free shipping, available exclusively to our listeners for a limited time. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, com and use code U, Y-O-U. Number six of 10 things to tell you about the Life Council. This book, actually both of my books, my books are best read with others. Now, that is not absolute. If that does not appeal to you at all, you can always read this book front to back by yourself. But I really think that you will get the most out of both of my books Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, and The Life Council, if you read it with someone else. As a buddy read with one other friend, as a book club read, it is a great topic for book club discussion. If you don't have someone to buddy read this with or a book club to read this with, and please do join our pre-order book club that's going to be talking through The Life Council. Here's why. There's a few things. The book is just made to bring up different aspects of conversations, like not just the Life Council members, but all the other things that I listed about my friendship philosophies, what we value in friendships, lots of things in this book. You will want to bounce your own ideas off of someone else because I share my ideas throughout. I share my Life Council members and my philosophies and my commentary 
throughout the book. Obviously, I wrote it, but it is meant for you to brainstorm your own. Like who would be on your life council? Would it be totally different seats than these ones that I have filled on mine? Like really different roles. Do you have really different friendship philosophies? Do you think different things are important in friendship than I do? The book leaves those questions wide open for you to answer. And you can always do that in your journal. You can always just do that by thinking about it. But I think that your reading experience will just be even better if you have someone to talk about it with. If you have someone to say, this part didn't resonate with me, or, oh, this part was a real light bulb moment, and then they can say the same. That's a connection point for you and the person that you're reading it with, but it is also a way to process some of these ideas and put them into action. Again, this book is meant to help your heart about friendships, how you feel in your heart, match your actions in friendship and how you feel on the outside. This is something I needed help with, one of the reasons that I wrote the book. And so reading the book with others will really help move that along, I feel like. So that was number six. This book is best read with someone else as a buddy read or in a book club. Number seven, we're going to take a little bit of a turn here, a little bit of an industry turn here. Number seven is writing books and marketing books are two different skill sets. Now, this feels a little bit funny to bring up in an episode where I am really talking all about my new book, but it is so relevant because so much of this audience, so much of our community here, we are readers. We love the book episodes. We love book talk. We love to share what we're reading. We love to read. Now that I have been on the other side of that equation, not as a reader, but as a writer trying to get people to read what I write, I have seen the tension, the push-pull between being really good at marketing a book and being really good at writing a book. (laughs) And the fact that one person would have those two skills in common, marketing or speaking publicly and writing, this feels like a very modern dilemma, doesn't it? So like some of the people who are excellent at speaking and communicating, they're not always world's best writers. And some of the world's best writers don't always get the traction or attention that they deserve because they're not naturally good marketers or they can't do a lot of speaking or in-person events or whatever. Like they're writers. They want to be at home writing. And what's funny about the publishing industry now, and I've heard this from so many people, is that it's really hard to get a book deal if you don't already have some kind of an existing platform. You don't already have some kind of proof that there is customers on the other side of that book deal. So these days, it's often podcasting. It can be a large email list, a large social media following, proof that you have written and sold a lot of your own eBooks or some product like that. It is a very weird world. And I suppose there's always been an element of this, but it just feels so acute right now in, you know, internet life that artists have to also be entrepreneurs, like business people, when those things don't always go hand in hand. I'm bringing this up because it's just something I've been thinking about a lot. I don't think I'm 
bad at writing books. I don't think I'm bad at marketing them. I think I have solid enough skills in both of these areas. But as a lifelong reader, and now, of course, as an author, there are parts of this that feel so imbalanced to me. And possibly this is a topic for another day, but I felt like I needed to bring it up because we are in such an unusual era of the publishing industry. For nonfiction books like mine, you will see a lot of hustle to sell these books. You will see pre-order bonuses, incentives for you to buy the book. You will see me do a lot of promo for the Life Council. And I'm sure if you follow other creatives on the internet who are sort of doing the same type of thing, you've also seen we go on a lot of podcasts. We know we try to promote our book as much as possible. And sometimes the line gets a little blurry between marketing and the message. And as I have been thinking about this, I wanted to include it in this episode celebrating the Life Council because I do not want the message to get lost in all the marketing. I don't want to feel like I'm in a rat race of promotion, and I don't want you to feel like I am in a rat race of promotion. I want to stand really strong in the mission behind this book, why it matters to me, why we're talking about it, and to notice the difference when you're paying attention to books that get a lot of hype, nonfiction and fiction alike, by the way, what matches up about the marketing and the message. And I don't want to just fall prey to amazing marketing for anything, not just books. And I hate that some pieces of art that don't have the best marketing, you know, we lose their amazing message because they just didn't get the traction that they could have. Again, this is a bigger conversation, honestly, but I've been thinking about it because, you know, I finished writing this book. I turned this book completely in like done, you know, seven months ago. And so then as an author, the next part of the job is to sell the book. You know, you want people to buy it. You want to do a good job of explaining what it is. And it requires putting on a whole different hat, like a marketing hat. And that's a different version of me and of, you know, most of the authors that I know. And so I just had to get very still with myself in the last six weeks, let's say, to remember what matters about the marketing of a book, which must be done. It's part of the job. For some of us, it's part of the fun. And the message of the book, which feels like sometimes two separate things. I know for me, it has felt like two completely different skill sets. And I just wanted to include it here as just part of being honest about this whole process of being an author who wants you to read my book. It brings us to number eight on my list of 10 things to tell you about the Life Council. Number eight is publishing the Life Council completes my two-book contract, which means when I signed with my publisher, it was to create two books. Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, was the first one. It came out in 2021. It's been almost exactly two years later, and here we are with the Life Council. And like I said, I've had the Life Council rattling around in the back of my brain for a while. I did not know when I signed a two-book contract that the Life Council was going to be the second book. I wasn't exactly sure what was going to be the second book. I knew I wanted to write The Life Council eventually, and I felt like it did seem like a very natural next step after I published Share Your Stuff, but that wasn't always exactly the vision. 
When I shopped my first book proposal for Share Your Stuff, which was actually originally titled in the book proposal, it was titled 10 Things to Tell You. It was exactly a riff on this show. And then as I sort of figured out exactly what I wanted that book to be and and what I wanted to say, it became Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, which is a better title than 10 Things to Tell You for a book. I believe that. But when I was shopping that book proposal. It was just for one book. And a few of the offers that I got were just for one book, like a one book contract. The publisher offers you advance and then you write the book. In some of those negotiations, and this is really some behind the scenes stuff, but I always appreciate when people share some of these behind the scenes things. So in the different negotiations, when we were shopping that first book, I really wanted it to be a two book deal. All of my author friends, I mean, every single one of them, (laughs) told me not to pursue a two-book deal because you do not know how you're going to feel after you publish the first book. What if you never want to be an author ever again? What if you absolutely hate writing a book and now you're stuck in a contract? What if you want to write a completely different type of book? Well, that probably won't be what the publisher is expecting in a multi-book deal. They want books in the same genre, at least in the same place in the bookstore (laughs) to be shelved. And what if you decide after your first book that you really want to be a poet or a fiction writer or some kind of thing like that? So every single author friend just said, you just don't know where you're going to be in a few years because publishing takes forever. It takes years from contract to publication. And so they warned me that you just cannot foresee what's going to happen in the future and that a one book deal was the way to go. But I did not have enough trust in myself. This is me just being totally honest. And I I don't regret the two book deal. I regret the way I thought about the two book deal. I regret that I wanted the two book deal because I didn't trust myself enough to write a good first book. I really thought that I wanted to give myself two shots at writing a book so that if the first one didn't pan out, I still got a second shot with a second book because I was worried that if the first book didn't do well, you know, then I would never get another book deal again. Like all opportunity would be lost. I understand why 2019 Laura felt that way. (laughs) I had never written a book before. I was very nervous about it. I had rejection, you know, in the publishing industry in my past you know, that made me feel like I really had to prove myself here. And as it turns out, the Life Council is the perfect follow-up to share your stuff. And between those two books, I feel like I have really said what I wanted to say in these two books. Like they go together. They look great on a shelf together. Their messages are complimentary, though a little bit different. They're all things in both books that I feel really passionately about, that I am so glad to take to the page, things that I've talked about on social media or here on the show, to then have a tangible version of them is so fulfilling. But there are two points that I want to make here about this being the second in a two-book contract. One is, there is almost nothing we can do that shuts down the rest of our opportunities for forever. I mean, shy of like a felony or something, like murder. Working from a place in your professional or personal life where you think this is my only shot 
And look, I love the Eminem song. I love the Hamilton song. Like I get that you need to seize the day. And also when we work from a place of thinking, this is my only chance. I will never have another opportunity ever. If I don't take this, my dreams are dead. This is not a good place from which to create. (laughs) This is not a good place to live your life. And I think in a perfect world, I would have written these same two books back to back. And so lucky me, I had a two book contract. But I wish I could tell the Lara of four years ago that if it was just a one book contract, I still would have gotten to write the Life Council. I still would have gotten to do the work that I was meant to do. There are so many opportunities out there that we take ourselves out of the running for because we're scared. And even in these last four years since I signed that contract, I have been all over the place, you know, mentally, emotionally, professionally. A lot does happen in four years. My author friends were right to say you don't know who you're going to be in a few years when you sign a long contract. Again, please don't hear me as saying I'm anything but grateful for how this has worked out. It has worked out because I got to write the two books I wanted to write. My publisher gave me so much freedom. They were a cheerleader for both of these books. I felt like I had creative and professional autonomy completely for both of my books. And so this isn't about the actual end product because I'm very happy with how it came out in the end. This is more about trusting yourself betting on yourself, believing in your own vision, and much like I'm preaching in the Life Council, to not come at your friendships from a place of scarcity and feeling like, I don't have any friends, nobody likes me, I've messed this up too many times, I'll never have more than one friend. Instead of coming from that place, to come from a place of look around me and all of the opportunities I have for friendship, I'm telling you this also professionally, instead of thinking, this is my only shot. This is the only person that's going to give me a shot. This is the only path to success, to look around and see the abundance of opportunities for success and fulfillment and alignment in our lives. I'm not sure what's next for me. I want to write more books. I want to keep making this show. I want to keep talking about friendship because this is never going to not be important to me. I want to keep talking about connection and journaling and mindfulness and personal growth and all the things that we talk about here. But as I launch this book into the world, one of the things that's y'all know that I love to play games on my phone to unwind, and I am always looking for a new one to download. And I recently ran across Two Dots, and I want to tell you about it. Two Dots is a free-to-download, puzzle-based game that involves connecting dots through relaxing puzzles while unlocking levels and collecting prizes along the way. There are different gameplay modes to make the experience unique and exciting with every single puzzle. There are over 5,000 distinct puzzles with various power-ups and special dots ready to earn as you move through the levels. The in-app music and visually stimulating interface provide a soothing experience when you just want to relax and unwind. Not only is Two Dots free to download, but it can also be played without internet connection. So playing on the go offline is a breeze. And if you don't want to play alone, you can challenge your friends on Facebook, as well as connect with the larger Two Dots community for even more engagement. If you're looking for the perfect game to help you relax, but also keep you engaged, download Two Dots for free on Android and iOS. 
that's most exciting is seeing where it's going to take me on my own path. So writing it was just one part of this process. Launching it is part of this process. And then what comes after is a whole other world. I learned that with Share Your Stuff. It's only been out in the world for two years. And I can see pretty clearly those three different steps of that process, writing it, launching it, and then like letting it do its work. That's what we stand on the precipice of with the Life Council. And so I don't know what's next, but I do feel really good about it. That was a long number eight, but it does bring us to number nine, which is to tell you there were a lot of early readers for the Life Council. A lot of advanced reader copies went out to media and books to grammars. A perk of being part of my Secret Stuff Patreon was that you got to read the book a month early if you pre-ordered. They got their own pre-order perk. So that was a whole chunk of people who got to read the Life Council early. Other podcasters and friends got to read it early before we recorded shows together and things like that. And what I wanted to say about the early readers is that there have been some real standouts for which Life Council members they want to talk about. So the first one is The Fellow Obsessive. The fellow obsessive is, of course, someone who is obsessed with the same thing you are obsessed with. What's funny about it being one of the Life Council members that is the most mentioned in these early interviews and in these early reviews is that I almost didn't include that one in the book. Like I said, when I was brainstorming the different types of friends and the different friends I have in my life, when I had all those post-it notes with friends and types of friends across my desk. This was one that was on the cusp for me. I was a little afraid it would be misunderstood. Like people would think, you know, the word obsession can have a bit of a dark side and I just didn't want it to be taken wrong. I also wasn't sure if like I was the only one who cared that much about a fellow obsessive. I find fellow obsessive friends in the book. I write about Jamie Golden as my fellow obsessive friend. I find those friends to be so fun, such an enjoyable part of friendship when you have a friend that you can just deep dive on whatever it is you're obsessed with. Taylor Swift, The Bachelor, your favorite podcast, your Peloton. I mean, it doesn't even matter what you're obsessed with. When you have a friend who is equally obsessed with that thing, it is so fun to talk about it. But I almost didn't put it in because I just was like, I don't know. I don't know if this like makes the cut in a way that readers will find, you know, relatable or universal or whatever. And my editor, God bless her, she was like, this is my favorite one. (laughs) You know, when she was reading early drafts of the different Life Council members. And so she sort of convinced me that it needed to make that final cut of 10. And I'm so glad that it did because people bring it up, not just because I write about Jamie Golden in that chapter of so many of you know her from the podcast and love her. She's also in my business mastermind, so she might be familiar to some of those early readers. And so that was one connection. But really, it wasn't about her or about our friendship. It was about this idea of having a fellow obsessive. And it kind of lights you up inside when you remember, you know, back to childhood, a friend that was like that or a friend now that's like that. It's just one of the more fun friends to talk about. And so I love that it is being brought up a lot. The other Life Council seat that is brought up a lot is actually almost the lack of a seat. This isn't one of the 10 Life Council members. This is the extra. And it is called the empty chair. The empty chair is getting a lot of feedback because a lot of people relate to having an empty chair. They went through a friendship breakup or they have a chair that has been empty 
metaphorically for a really long time for lots of reasons. I knew when I wrote that part because it was so tender to me to write about the empty chair. And I knew from these conversations that we have here and online that the loss of friends or the lack of friends is a very sensitive and vulnerable topic for a lot of us. And I knew that that was going to hit a nerve and it has. And so those are the two sections that have been getting the most feedback, the fellow obsessive in the empty chair. So that was number nine on the 10 things to tell you about the Life Council. Number 10, last one, 10 things to tell you about the Life Council is that I want you to read this book if you have two friends or if you have 10 friends. I want you to read this book if you think that you don't have any friendship issues and everything is hunky-dory and why would you even need a book about this? And I want you to read this book if friendships have always been a struggle for you and you're just not quite sure why it's never worked the way it does in the movies or in books or in pop culture. You just can't seem to make your friendship life look like that. I want you to read this book, whether you're a young person or you're in the back part of your life, whether you're lonely or so busy, I want you to read this book if you're not even a big reader. And in that case, think about getting the audiobook. If you're used to listening to me this way, you might be able to take the book in best in that way. I want you to read this book, not because of me. Like I've hinted at throughout this episode, this book was meant to be written. It's meant for people to take in this message of elevating all of our relationships, because think of what it would be if everyone in your life shifted the way that they thought about friendship and it became a priority and it became fun again, and it was fulfilling and a joy, even when it was a chore. I'm not saying this book is going to do all of that for you, but I'm not saying it won't either. I feel that this book was meant to be written and meant to be out in the world, and that all has very little to do with me. I feel so differently about this book than I did Share Your Stuff, my first book, which was full of stories I wanted to tell and full of thoughts on connection that I think is so important. But The Life Council, I really wrote for both of us. And I believe that it's going to do the work that it's meant to do in the world. And it's out today, April 4th, 4-4, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs. You can buy it in any format, audiobook, ebook, hardcover, or paperback. And I sincerely hope you do. Now, remember when I said that there was a chunk of people who got to read the book early, including my secret stuff community, who, as a perk, got to read The Life Council a month early. And they have a few words to share with you about the book, and they say it better than I could. So we will end on the words of real readers sharing with you their thoughts on The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, written by me, Laura Tremaine. Hi there, Liz from Milwaukee. Um, One of my very favorite things about reading is that sometimes a book will put language to things we feel deeply in our souls, but just don't have the words to express. And that happened here. Each chapter gave me language around why some of the women in my life are so important to me. And I've since gotten to share that with those women. And hey, connection to share your stuff, I'll go first. But this book also gave me some permission to move on from some friendships I've known I needed to, but just needed some permission. So thank you. So grateful this is out in the world. 
Hi, it's Meredith from Austin, Texas. And my favorite thing about the Life Council is that it gave me the aha moment that you can have a lot of different kinds of friends and have each of them be really, really special. I knew this but this book helped me to really know it deeply in my soul and that different kinds of friends add to the entire picture of friendship. I loved it. Hi, my name is Jerry Lynn Clifford and I am from Fredericksburg, Texas. I was so thrilled to read The Life Council. I realized after many, many years why I continue to be disappointed with friendships. Not every friend has to fill every seat. Thank you so much, Laura. Also, my husband owes you a debt of gratitude because I no longer need him to be my best friend. Thanks for that. Hi, this is Susan from North Carolina. What I liked about the Life Council is that Laura is so vulnerable about her friendships, which made this book really accessible and valuable for me. I love how she breaks down the friendship philosophy and how to find friends. In addition to the seats of the different members of the Life Council, I've really screwed up some friendships in the past few years, and this helps me shed some light on what happened and what I can do differently. You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You, and you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening.